or did it all for the rookie? Come on, the rookie. Come on. Get it out of your system. There I know. You I'm working it out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 64 of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Today's date is Friday, February 28th, 2020. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here with my co-hosts, Evan Hoovler and Mike Valverde. What we will be doing today is something that we've lovingly called the Rookie Relookie. We're going to be taking a look back at some rookie uh, players at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. We're going to do a guy we think we're going to take a step forward, a step back, and what's called a post-hype sleeper. And we'll get into what a post-hype sleeper is in a bit because that's more of a baseball term, but it's a, a an interesting thing to take a look at um, through the football lens. So um, off the top, what we do is I ask my co-hosts a question so everybody gets to know each other a little bit better. I used to ask them how things are going, but um, this is a little bit more fun. So in honor of episode 64, remember the Nintendo 64 what was the first video game you remember loving playing or the first one that you bought with your own hard-earned money? Dude, I got a That's that's part of my memory that's too far back. I got a <laughs> That was it was literally 38 years ago. 38 years ago. I first started playing video games. Yeah. It was long. What was the best What's the best Atari 2600 game, Mike? Warlords. Warlords, four-player, back in 1981, blew our minds. I used to play, I, um, my grandma had a, an Atari, uh, um, it wasn't a 26, it would play 2600 games, but it, I think it was a 7800, um, and uh, I remember my sister and I played a lot of battle, I think it was called Battle Tanks, where there oh, was, okay. yeah, we played a lot of Battle Tanks, a lot of Donkey Kong Jr., but that's not my answer, but that was the first one you remember loving, Evan? Yeah. Four right. players in early 80s. Like, what? what is even going on right now? What is happening? Mike, what about you? Well, I'm going to date really far back. And my my gaming system was called the Intellivision. And oh, yeah. It was uh, manufactured by Mattel. Uh, it's one of, probably one of the worst uh, handheld pads that, that you ever would probably play with. It's this long rectangular shaped with a disc in the middle and had numbers and you really needed to have I remember that yeah it was crazy and eye coordination with that thing um the game i i played uh, that i was probably one of the better like i would actually enter a tournament if they had those at the time and that was baseball uh we had red and green team uh, <laughs> or red and blue team right <laughs> And the red players always have eight legs for some reason. I don't what? know why, but they have eight legs like all the time. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of crazy, but it was a rad game. I loved that thing. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I kind of you know I I grew up with the Atari at my grandma's at my grandma's house. She uh she took care of it. She was our free childcare in the afternoons. Um, but the game that I remember really loving as a kid, and this is going to date, do a reverse dating me, you know, talking about Atari 2600 and tele, and what was it in television, Mike? In television, yeah. Mine was Super Star Wars for 1992 for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. It was the first, I had video games before that, but this was the first video game I bought with my own money. It wasn't a gift or anything. 
And um, I remember saving up um, and uh, I got exactly $60 and my parents had to explain to me what taxes were. Oh. <laughs> so I had to wait a little bit longer because I was I was I was hell bent on uh, uh, buying this thing with my own money. So I'd wait a little bit longer. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was really frustrating, um, especially because I was six at the time. Um, but my 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 brother, dad and I had watched uh, Star Wars, uh, the trilogy before that when I was like five, six years old. Um, and um, it stuck in my mind. It was just like this fantastical world. So playing in that world was a lot of it was the first video game I really loved, even though it was way outside of my skill set. I don't know if I got past like the fourth level ever. <laughs> I put probably like 30 hours into that game, <laughs> you know, so so that was uh, that was it. So uh, mine was Super Star Wars. I mean, uh, kind of reverse dates me a little bit. Um, but uh, but yeah, so those are that was the question for this week. Uh, the first video game you remember loving playing. So Let's get into before the rookie relookie. We got a whole bunch of junk off the top to talk about. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find us iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else. So go ahead if you found us through the website or through Twitter, you can go ahead, throw down a uh, subscription there. And if they let you do it, rate and review. We'd love that. Um, you can also hop into the Discord, um, talk about the combine. That's what we're talking about right now. That's uh, tiny.cc/slash absurdity. And uh, if you don't want to miss any articles that we're putting up, we're putting up uh, one thing a day, five days a week um, right now. Uh, it's twitter.com slash fballabsurdity. And I don't know why I gave the full Twitter URL, but I did that anyways. So we do have a new sponsor as well. We're brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash footballabsurdity. Let's them know that we sent you and uh, gets you a free $5 with deposit. And it helps us out a lot. Not a lot of football to do right now. They don't really have XFL. But um, fantasy basketball is a lot of fun. And fantasy baseball is coming up. And it's every day. It's a it's a lot of fun. Even though I, I'm not very good at fantasy baseball, I still dip my toe in it. Because it scratches an itch for me. So that I can uh, uh, feel a little bit better um, about my uh, fantasy baseball teams overall. <laughs> so uh, another way you can support us in our growth is if you go to patreon.com slash football absurdity or the support button at the top of the website, that'll take you to the Patreon link. Um, right now it's three, or it's three bucks a month and you get access to the podcast every other week. So if you're a patron and you're subscribed to the regular feed, you get a weekly podcast. If you're just subscribe to the regular feed. You're getting one every other week. Um, in the weeks that we don't have uh, podcasts in the Patreon feed, we do get you a little article. This week's, this is patrons, you need to listen. This one's a little delayed because last week we talked to you guys about what we were looking for in the Combine. Well, we can't really get that to you today because the Combine's still going. Running backs haven't even run their 40-yard uh, their dashes yet. So look for that in your inbox on Tuesday because we're going to write up our write-ups and everything, make sure everything's all good on monday so that'll get into your inbox on tuesday um so like i said gentlemen you ready for the rookie re-lookie can i yeah play? <laughs> what was that mike can i play hooky you mike wants to play hooky on the rookie re-lookie um maybe to get a little nookie who came, yeah, up, with yeah. <laughs> who came up with that stupid name uh, I don't know, some guy. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at each position, a guy we think we're going to take a step forward, a step back, and then a post-hype sleeper. And a post-hype sleeper, like I said off the top, baseball term, it's a guy that really got some buzz for one reason or another and didn't really do much for you in fantasy in 20, 
19. So um, this way uh, you're like, hey, you know, maybe, you know, now that the, the shine is off of him a little bit, he'll bounce back. And that's a baseball term because it's it's for guys who um, maybe came strong through the minor leagues, were supposed to be good in their first season or first couple of seasons, didn't really do that. And then they bounce back and become what we thought they would be. So it's there's hype and then there's post hype. And so they're not getting hyped now. And now they're kind of sleepers because they're not getting hyped. So I hope that explains what a post-hype sleeper is. So uh, we'll start, as we always do, at the top with the quarterbacks. So uh, who wants to go first? Mike, you want to go with who your quarterback you think is going to take a step forward this year? Yeah, sure. Um, the, I mean, there's a lot of rookie quarterbacks you probably can look at and go, okay, well, you know, Gardner Minshew showed something and Daniel Jones showed something. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and many others, but I, I like, I like Dwayne Haskins. Uh, Haskins. Yeah. I think for a couple of reasons. Um, number one, yeah, Ohio state, baby. Ohio state boy. Um, he can't get any lower than what he was last year. I don't think, I mean, no. he, he was, no, 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 no. <laughs> he was awful last year. Um, seven touchdowns, seven interceptions, you know, you, those numbers you don't want to see anywhere near the same amount. Um, but things are different. Uh, you got Ron Rivera in there now. Uh, I think that's going to help him a lot. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you look at sort of his last three games, you're, you're going to see something that wasn't prevalent in the first six games or so he played. I mean, the first game he played against the Giants, he threw three interceptions and did not score a touchdown. So, Right there, that's three interceptions of the seven. Uh, yeah. And Buddy turned it around. Um, the last three games, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then in week 14, he had uh, one touchdown, one interception. So, he, you know, in, in three games, he only threw one touchdown, but he threw five touchdowns. Only threw one interception, but threw five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. So there is progress there. Uh Going from a 74-rated uh, quarterback to 121 to 143. I mean, all these numbers are, are just getting better in those last three weeks. So I think he'll take another step forward. I'm not expecting a giant leap by any means, but I do expect him to get better. So I was going to talk about Dwayne Haskins, but I thought, Mike, I thought you would be like, Dwayne Haskins? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, because <laughs> I remember you were like, no, he's awful. We were having an argument about, I remember last year, about if Mason Rudolph or Dwayne Haskins was worse. But, you know, you're right. He did, I remember at the end of the year going, huh, Haskins kind of turned this around a little bit at the end. He showed us a little something. So uh, I'm right there with you with Haskins. He's not one of my guys, but um, I I can't argue with that. So Evan, who do you think is going to take a step forward this year? What kind of, what what, uh, what quarterback do you think? Oh, the number one rookie quarterback, Kyler Your Murray. Boy. I knew it was going to be Kyler. <laughs> yeah, Kyler I left that Murray. one alone for that reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't touch it. <laughs> the guy looks amazing. He's got three solid wide receivers. And he's just gonna he's gonna do that second year bleep that Mahomes and Lamar did that incredibly talented quarterback Sue. It's all been done before. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Get on the train now. A little uh bare naked ladies, all been done. Anybody? Oh, yeah. 
Not huge fans of late '90s alternative rock in here, I guess. Well, Mike and I are really from—we're from the ragtime era of jazz, so that's really <laughs> what we what we respond to. All right, fair enough. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, Evan, you yeah yeah. So I I was like, oh, Kyler's the easy option. I'm like, well, that's Evan's boy. I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> it sounds like you did the same thing. <laughs> I did too. He was the yeah. first person that popped in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's Evan's guy. That's Evan's boy. So I Evan wouldn't pick him because he finished number one among among rookies. Yeah. How how does it feel to already have a boy set aside? Great. Feels good. Okay. I love. I love. That's why I do auction. I love falling in love with like one out of every fifty players and just getting them, and then everybody <laughs> else can go hell. All right. So my my guy. Um, there was only a handful of players last year handful of quarterbacks who had four plus passing touchdowns in a game. Uh, Lamar Jackson did it four times. And then there were a handful of guys that did it three times. One of them is surprising. Jimmy Garoppolo. Got to give a shout out to my boy. But the quarterback I think takes a step forward this year was a rookie last year. Threw for five touchdowns against Washington. Four touchdowns against Detroit. Four touchdowns against the Jets. Threw for two and passed for two against Tampa Bay. Now, granted, he can't hold on to the ball to save his life, but his name is Daniel Danny Dimes Jones, baby. Danny Dimes. He he had some serious highs, and he has he's going to get his weapons back next year. He didn't have a full season of Saquon that was healthy. He didn't have a full season of Evan Ingram, which we'll, we'll see if he'll ever get a full season of Evan Ingram. That's an aside. You know, he didn't have Golden Tate all year. Sterling Shepard was in and out of the lineup. He had one game last year where uh, Tate, Slayton, Shepard, and Ingram all played. And it was his second game. It was his game against Minnesota. So he barely had his feet under him. So I think with more weapons around him, which he has plenty of weapons. He has, he has more than enough to go around um, if everybody's healthy. With more weapons around him, if they address the offensive line, he won't be taking... Look at these sack totals. This is what really stood out to me. Eight sacks, six sacks, five sacks, five sacks, four sacks, four sacks. In like half his games, he's taken four or more sacks. So it's it's not surprising that he had 18 fumbles. Okay, that's insane. 18 fumbles. And he only played in 13 games. So he lost 11 of them, had 12 interceptions. Basically what I see is Daniel Jones becomes more comfortable in the offense. Or it's going to be a new offense. He's going to be more comfortable with the speed of the NFL. And he is not going to be taken by surprise. And he's going to learn how to hold on to the dang football. And his interceptions are not that concerning to me. Um, Because, uh, Mike, I seem to remember there was a guy on the Colts who had a lot of interceptions his rookie year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, All in two years. What's that? Hall of Famer in two years. Yeah, buddy. What if uh, they? <laughs> would it be good if they uh, they held off on Peyton so he and uh, he and Andrew Luck could be on the same ballot <laughs> and see how that goes? <laughs> now I, they they don't do ballots, but you know what I mean. But his um, one thing I looked up: Daniel Jones's interception rate, uh, two point six one interception rate, was better than actually Andrew Luck's. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Cam Newton and uh, rest in peace to Andrew Luck's career. But those guys have all had fantasy relevant times despite their um, interceptions because they do use their legs too, like um, like Daniel Jones. So I think that Daniel Jones is due for a step forward. He already had some high highs. I mean, 24 touchdowns, in, uh, 
26 if you count his rushing touchdowns. 26 touchdowns in 13 games is nothing to sneeze at um, from a rookie. Um, it was just all the dang interceptions and, and fumbles that got you. And, um, and uh, the, the Giants let him loose. You know, he had over 300 yards, five out of his 13 games. So, um, and, oh, you know what? One of these games I shouldn't even be counting as one of them. I forgot he only got in for four snaps against Dallas in week one. I forgot about that one. I was counting that. So it's even better numbers, even though even though he lost a fumble in that game. All right. So our guys, we think they're going to take a step forward. Like maybe we were having a, a logistical discussion about what was a breakout and what was a um, sleeper. And I guess a, a step forward is what I would call a breakout. Oh, and um, maybe we should uh, go behind the scenes. We had a little logistical conversation. What constitutes a rookie? What constitutes a rookie? Um, so for the purposes of the CBA, Darius Geis was not a rookie last year for the purposes of this exercise, because he'd never gotten on the field in his first year in the league. He was a rookie. So that affects him, Bo Scarborough. Who else did you find at, uh, Mike, um, Brandon Allen. Yeah. And then, um, there was another quarterback, Mason Rudolph, Mason Rudolph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a little bit of Mike gave me panic because I pulled this off of Pro Football Reference and I was like, is Pro Football Reference wrong? But then, yeah, it's um, it's anybody who didn't get on the field uh, before this season, well, no matter how long they've been in the league. So, all right. So Haskins, Kyler and Danny Dimes are our quarterbacks. So what quarterbacks did you rookie quarterbacks last year? Did you look at and you said, you know what? I just don't think they're going to repeat what they did. I think that they're due for a little bit of a step back. They're not going to crater, but they're not going to do as well as they did. Or maybe they're going to crater. So, Evan, why don't we start if, with uh, that one? If, okay. if Ben Roethlisberger steps down, I think people are going to talk themselves into Mason Rudolph, and I think that's going to be bad. Ooh. Pitt's offense is a shell. You know, I think people are still remembering the days of three years ago. Uh, he didn't look good in play. He looked, eh. and I, I don't. I just don't think he's got the tools to develop. Yeah, I'm kind of right there with you, Mike. What do you think about um, Mason Rudolph? Yeah, I mean exactly what Evan said. If if Roethlisberger retires, the Steelers are in trouble at quarterback. Mason Rudolph is he's a good, accurate passer when you have to throw for five yards. Outside of that. I don't think he has enough arm strength to get it, you know, 10, 15. He's just, yeah, I, he just doesn't have the arm strength to do much downfield. And that's a lot of what the Steelers have to offer at wide receiver or downfield threats. Yeah. And yeah, Mason Rudolph's a good one because you're right, Evan. The, the, the way that you phrase it, people will talk themselves into uh, Mason Rudolph. The, the, that's exactly what will happen. So, Mike, what about you? Mine, um, interesting enough, is Daniel Jones. Oh, and all right. For, every, for everything that you pretty much said, uh, he had some outstanding games, but, you know, the Jets, against the Jets, against the Redskins, against the Lions, you know, it's, it, I mean, those are good to have. Don't, don't get me wrong, but nothing exciting nothing where he put up these consistent strong games week after week you know for three or four games or weeks you know nothing nothing to say okay well this guy is going to be uh as awesome as him being labeled danny dimes at the very beginning before he even took the field danny so dimes 
um, I, I think the, the hype was definitely not as much as the production. Uh, not saying that he won't get there, but I don't really believe that if, if you went in this year thinking Danny Dimes is going to be it, he really wasn't. You know what? That makes me feel better about Danny Dimes because I remember hearing those those same words come from somebody about the NFL MVP last year. <laughs> that is you, true. That is true. So it makes me feel better about Danny Dimes. How about that? Now, <laughs> now he's he's moving up my draft board every bad word you say about him. He's moving up. <laughs> Pretty he's moving up. He's going to be my QB1 soon. <laughs> um, guy I think is going to take a step back is Gardner Minshew. So Gardner Minshew, we all remember Minshew mania came out the gate hot, you know, came out on fire. Um, he in his first, but he never really did a whole heck of a lot from, from a fantasy line. He was just more an exciting player. Cause you look at like his first, you look at his starts two thirteen and one, two Oh four and two, two thirteen and two, he gets three seventy four and two in there. And then he kind of starts to, the plane starts to slowly make its way down. 163 and 0, 255 and 1. Bounces back against Mike, the team you poo pooed, the Jets, 279 and 3. Then 309 and 0, and he gets benched. Well, then he comes back. And then he doesn't really do a lot in his last, uh, you know. He has one or fewer touchdowns in five or four of his last six games. He does finish 295 and three against the Colts, who, as we all know, best team in football. So um, <laughs> there's nothing to look at there. But the reason, so I found a statistic uh, this week. I I, uh, I I signed up for PlayerProfiler.com, um, which I got to get you guys the login because I did pay. I did drop the, the 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 money for that. They have a they have a. a they have a stat called expected interceptions. And what those are are balls that basically bounced off of the um, defender's hands. You know, balls that should have been picks. We all know the type of pass we're talking about. You know, they, they end up with the safety or the defensive back looking at their hands or like pounding on the ground. Those types of those types of passes. So I was looking at it and I was like, so I have this stat and we all have the interception stat. So I'm like, how many of these expected interceptions or uh you know luck-based non-interceptions actually become interceptions and it's just over 50 percent. it's 50.6 percent. so i was like okay who got really lucky and who got really unlucky with these picks you guys follow what i did so far absolutely okay yeah so bas basically i was like who had more the most balls bounce or the highest percentage of their interceptable passes Bounce off hands. And for guys who actually threw a good number of passes, Minshew was third. He was the third luckiest um, in terms of uh, uh, passes that bounced off of the guy's hands. Um, so he was at 30%. Uh, luckiest was Carson Wentz. Second was Aaron Rodgers, which Wentz and Rodgers, that might be a play style thing. They're better, better than that. But Minshew plays like a chicken with his head cut off you know so i it tells me that that's truly a measure of luck with gardner Minshew that he was one of the luckier quarterbacks in the league last year so i see more interceptions in the future which if nick Foles stays on the team means that he's gonna end up where oh well probably bench 
on the bench. Back on the bench. Evan got it. Evan got it in one. Back on. No, Mike, I wasn't asking what team he ends up on. <laughs> I, say, I was saying he throws a bunch of picks. Nick Foles is still under contract. Where does he? He's going to go hold the clipboard. So that's the guy I think is going to take a step back just because of pure, uh, I mean, statistical regression. Um, you're looking at about half of his uh, his his uh, interceptable passes should have been picked off just based off a of league average, and it was much uh, he was much luckier than that. Um, so, shockingly enough, because um, this all started as I was trying to figure out if Jameis was when I saw that I was writing about the Buccaneers and I was like, was Jameis lucky or unlucky with those thirty interceptions? Because I wasn't sure. He was actually slightly unlucky. He had about sixty percent picked off. So he was slightly unlucky, but, you know, I mean, we saw the balls he was throwing. So <laughs> so the guys I think are going to take a step back, um, or we think, um, uh, Mike thinks Danny Dimes, Evan's not convinced Mason Rudolph is going to take the step forward that people are going to talk themselves into, and I do not believe in Minshew mania. So, all right, guys, I explained it before. Uh, who do you think will be a post-hype sleeper at quarterback? You know what? I'll go first on this one. Um, I'll give you guys a break. So my guy, um, the reason that I'm calling him a post-hype sleeper is that there were rumbles and there were some thoughts that he was going to go in the first round. Now, he ended up going early in the second. I think he was pick four. Let's see. Pick uh, 42. Uh, pick 42 in the draft. And it's Drew Locke. And now Drew Locke didn't get a lot of fantasy hype because he broke a bone in his hand uh, or his wrist, sort of that area, uh, early on, went on IR, didn't come back till week 13. Uh, week 13 and 14, he managed uh, five passing touchdowns between it, two picks. Um, the rest of the season was not so kind to him. But uh, he did show a lot of stuff that made me excited. A connection with Noah Fant, uh, Cortland Sutton uh, connection there. And I think that the uh, uh, with Pat Shermer, the whole offense is going to shift. And I think, I kind of think Drew Locke's going to take a step forward this year. So he got a little bit of hype before the draft. It wasn't necessarily fantasy football hype, but they were talking about the Broncos might have taken him in the first round. Broncos moved down, took Noah Fant, took a tackle, and then took him at pick 42. But still, at the same time, I mean, top 45 pick in the draft um, has the swagger. He has the size and the swagger of an NFL quarterback. And uh, I liked what I saw from him last year. He got in, and sometimes, some plays, I will concede, the league was too fast for him. His processor just wasn't caught up to speed. But at the same time, he broke his hand and didn't do anything till week 13. So he was kind of seeing a lot of stuff for the first time. So I'm, I liked what I saw from drew lock last year and he was getting some hype in the draft got dissipated by the broken hand. And I think that he's a, a post hype sleeper. His, the, the hype has faded and now he's, he's ready to emerge from those ashes. I drew lock. What's that? Drew Locke. Yeah. Drew lock, baby. I don't know. See, that's why he's a post-type sleeper. Evan's not buying it. Thank you for proving <laughs> my point. And for that, you get to go next. Okay, well, maybe you guys didn't think this guy was hyped. And uh, that's why. But he certainly was hyped in my heart because he was one of the most NFL-ready quarterbacks I'd ever seen for Ohio State University. Hey! And uh, 
I think that with Ron Rivera there, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins can figure it out. You know, I watched a lot of his gameplay, and it really seems like his number one flaw was, and Mike spoke to this earlier, which is with his rundowns of his late season play being better. It seems like Dwayne Haskins just had that, that initial failure to react to the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, failure to adjust, which happens to a lot of rookies. And that goes away with good coaching. And Ron Rivera is a good coach. So I think Dwayne Haskins could make his way into a regular starter on fantasy lineups and deeper leagues. So he's so in two QB leagues, he's probably uh, a target. No, then. top 15. Oh, wow. Top 15, huh? Sure. <laughs> sure. Talk me into it. All right. So, um, Mike, you were big on uh, Haskins earlier. Where would you put him? Top 15? or? Uh, I'd have a hard time putting him there. Uh, I think he's more in the 20s. So That's horrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> Evan, make a step forward. you and Mike disagree. I need you guys to reconcile this. Go. How? 18. What, what was he last year? Uh, he was horrible last year. Average dude. He, game. No, I mean, his, an average points per game. I don't his, have that screen up. His points per game last year, let's see, Dwayne Haskins, uh, 8.52. <laughs> he was quarterback 36 on the year. Yeah, I guess 20s would be a step up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, all right. So, Evan's a little, bo- little more bullish on Haskins than Mike is, but you guys both feel good about him doing better next year. So, Mike, who's your post-hype sleeper for the quarterbacks? Well, actually, I got it mixed up. I meant to say post-type with Daniel Jones. Um, ah, okay. Um, and my step back is, I agree with you, Gardner Minshew. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right. What's funny is the way that you put it, when you were talking about Daniel Jones, I was like, okay, he thinks he's going to take a step back. <laughs> you know, he's like inconsistent. He's, you know, maybe you thought he was going to trend towards uh, not doing well his second year. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> you got your... Uh, your players backwards, but your analysis worked perfectly. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, all right, I could see it. I could see it. So, all right. So let's go ahead. Well, let's move on to our running backs. And uh, there's a lot more players here. I think we can uh, stretch our legs a little bit. There's more players. It's not like wide receiver though. I think, you know, wide receiver, there's going to be a lot of different discussion there, but let's move on to running back. Um, so uh, Evan, which running back do you think is going to take a step forward? Well, I think that my computer is having trouble shifting the notepad. Here we go. Uh, Devin Singletary. All right. He can, my, can, I, he, can I give you news real quick? That's who oh I God. have. That's who I have. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. So yeah, why don't, why don't no you... production meeting. Yeah, why don't you talk <laughs> about him? <laughs> um, looked good. When he played, he was a fantasy, he had fantasy impact. He's probably going to be healthier. Uh, he's got a mobile quarterback. And that's not good. I don't know why I said that. Buffalo's good again. And Buffalo's offense seems to be moving the ball better than before. Yeah. So his 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 only knock here, I'll spend my time uh knocking the guy that we both uh both wanted was he only ended up with four rushing touch or four total touchdowns last year and um Josh Allen stole some touchdowns from him. Uh, Frank Gore stole, stole some touchdowns. So there is a concern there, but I agree. I think he is going to take a step forward. I think just having the full role to himself. Um, he was running back 31 last year, so it's not like he was useless. And a lot of that uh, rank is because he did 
only play in 12 games. So um, on his points per game, he actually averaged more uh, points per game in standard and PPR than David Montgomery, a guy who ended up as running back 22 because he played in all 16 games. So, um, so that's who I think will take a step forward and is Devin Singletary. I think he's, he's due for a big year. I think we're a year or two away from him being a top two round pick. Um, so excited about Singletary's future. So Mike, what do you think? Yeah. I, I had a little bit of hard time with this. Um, I wanted to sort of make it not so easy. I mean, we, you, you can look at, you know, Devin Singletary, definitely Josh Jacobs. A lot of these guys, Darius mm-hmm. Geis is probably the number one guy off the board that you would say, okay, if he stays healthy, he's definitely going to take a huge step forward. Um, but I I kind of went with Justice Hill. and okay. Even though you look over his stats and where he finished, you're going to say, what? What are you talking about? Um, and rightfully so. He, he he didn't have more than 10 carries the whole season. Uh, a lot of times, one and two carries throughout um, each game. But if, if you look at the tape and you start with about game 12 and you just look over what he's doing from game 12 on the 16, you're going to see a huge improvement in the game of Justice Hill. And I think that's going to continue. Not only that, but they have Mark Ingram there. And it's going to be really hard for someone, I think he's 32 now, um, to really just be that consistent number one back. They're going to need someone younger, someone fresh in the lineup. And Justice Hill brings that, of course, since he was a rookie last year. So with that, with starting at a very low plateau, um, he's either going to move forward or he's going to become basically exempt. And I, I just see a lot of lot of good play in Hus- just Hill for him to become exempt off off the football field. I really see him um, being a lot more active in that offense. Yeah, and um, I, I looked it up because 32 sounded a little old. He just turned 30. So he's going to turn 31 next December. So he's up there, but he's not quite as high. Because uh, as I said, 32 sounded a little old for for uh, for Ingram. Um, Unless you're talking about Mark Ingram sen- Sr., in which case he <laughs> is 54 years old. And he's definitely too old. Um, but he's also a wide receiver, so he doesn't count. Um, so, all right. So our uh, step forward... Um, running backs are um, Evan and I think it's Devin Singletary. Mike is tagging a little deeper guy, Justice Hill, which I agree with. Um, I he's going to be he's a home run hitter. He's he's going to be really good, I think. And um, and uh, um, I agree with that. And I, I guess I just didn't look far enough down the list because I probably would have chosen him. So all right, so our step back running backs, guys, we think aren't going to do as much as they did last year um, from, you know, overall production perspective. Um, Mike, we'll go ahead and start with you. Okay. I, I went back and forth on this between Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, and I ended up picking Miles Sanders. Yeah, he, I, I get it. I know that right. he All had right. a great year um, last year especially when um, Howard went out for the season. But up until then, he was limited. Uh, I, I, I do not think that he's not a great athlete and a great running back. If you give him the ball 25 times a game or 20 or 15 or whatever, 
he is going to produce. He is that talented. But the Eagle system isn't about the way he plays the game. The Eagle system is about giving Howard um, the ball on first and second down and crushing the defense and then letting someone like Miles Sanders and his speed to take over while the defense is getting beat up. So if what I'm saying is if Miles Sanders is the lone back, number one back, uh, full-time back, then I'll be completely wrong about this. But I don't see that. I don't I don't see that happening. I see them either signing Howard or getting someone from the draft that that's built like Howard and continue to use that Eagle system that they've that they've had from the beginning um, of their Super Bowl run. And with that, you're just going to see less of Sanders and that's going to really take a hit on his production. Okay, so what you're seeing is uh, more of a return to how they normally do things there rather than um, uh, him getting a hold of uh, a lot more touches like uh, like he did last year. Right, exactly. So if he's if he's the, the lone back, the, the guy that's going to get all the carries, then yeah, I'm wrong, but I don't see that happening. I don't see them changing their system. Yeah, all right, you know, that, that's fair enough. I, I am going to disagree with you there so i think um you know we'll see how that goes uh when they drafted him doug peterson was like you know we've been kind of looking for a back like this kind of like they've been doing the split backfield out of necessity so i think that'll be a topic of conversation something for us to monitor all year because i think that they're gonna lean on him more than uh than you do so that'll that'll be a fun uh that that'll pretty much be the split i think we both think he's a good player it's just uh you know the, the usage which good god good luck trying to you know figure out usage sometimes mike and i we looked at the same team and came away with different uh different usage pattern uh predictions what we think will happen in 2020 so uh basically what i'm saying is lay off our back if we're wrong okay this yeah, isn't easy guys this isn't easy. <laughs> so, all right, Evan, who do you think's taking a step backwards this year? I think there's going to be insurmountable hype for Darius Geis. Ooh. I don't. I think people are going to t- play their old. Well, what if he stays healthy? Game, and I never like to play that game. Sure, they sometimes stay healthy, but you know who else stays healthy? Running backs who never got injured before or don't have a long injury history. Let me roll the dice on those people and let somebody else take that risk in running back. I think he's going to go in, in single-digit rounds, eighth or yeah. ninth. So, so, Mike, you tagged Geis as a, a guy that you, um, you know, you said he might be the easy answer here. So, um, yeah. so do you have a little bit more? With my easy choices, Kyler Murray, <laughs> Darius Geis. <laughs> Look. I showed up to research 15 minutes before the pod. Okay. No, no. Mike was. Said, I think Mike said that Geis is the easy answer for step forward if he if he stays healthy. Oh. Yeah, for step forward for sure. If he yeah, that's what people are going to say, yeah. and it's true. But I don't like to play those games. Let me get some guys who are at least going to get me six games before getting injured. Yeah, you know what? I come down in the middle on you guys. Um, if he stays healthy, he will be a beast. I don't have faith he's going to stay healthy. No. I, I, what's that? I I was just saying nope because I, I agree with you. Uh, Dan Snyder, y'all. I mean, uh, uh, this is, I mean, we saw this with Dalvin Cook, but to a different extent where it was like, okay, he had injuries his first two years. And then when he was healthy, he was a beast. But Darius Geis had like various injuries 
you know, um, various different cascading injuries. And like Evan said it, say it again, Evan, say it louder for the people. Dan Snyder, y'all. Dan Snyder. This is not a good, um, uh, uh, medical staff they have there in Washington. I mean, no. F, F, Trent Williams wanted to quit the team over it. Alex Smith has had so many setbacks, so many additional surgeries. Um, you know, they they don't have a good medical staff there, and I don't feel I don't RG3. have RG three. Yeah, they ruined RG 3s career. Although huge ups to RG three. That guy's just living his best life now. Just watch. Just, he's getting paid millions of dollars a year to have a front row seat to Lamar Jackson. And then sometimes he has to go play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> like that guy's that guy's got got it down. Um, but I don't have faith that they're going to put Geist back together again in a way that he's just going to go right back to what he was before. And I think a lot of that um, that faith that he's going to be good again is just faith that he's going to go back to what he was before. And that's what I that's what I worry about. So. Um, Evan, your guy is Darius Geis is going to take a step back. My guy is Mr. Running Back 22 last year. A lot of people think he's going to take a step forward this year because they don't know a sunken cost when they see it. And this is going to come back and bite me in the butt. But I'm going with Mr. David Montgomery. I think he's going to take a step back next year. And here's why. You guys are familiar with the Chicago Bears, right? Who? They are some sort of sports organization. Correct. Based uh, in Atlanta? Yes, the Atlanta Chicago Bears. <laughs> that's, that's correct, the Atlanta Chicago Bears. So we knew what was going to happen last year, and we knew who the quarterback was going to be all last year, right? It was going to be Mitch Trubisky, no doubt about it. He wasn't ever getting benched. What are the odds that Mitch Trubisky only starts eight games next year? And he gets Marioted. And we're switching quarterbacks midseason. And we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. 100%. And, and the offense isn't going to be as good as it was last year. Good with, you know, uh, um, Hulk hands style quote, quotation marks in the air. As good as it was last year. I see the Bears and I see a team that's going to be in chaos next year. It's going to be a mess trying to deal with the Bears next year. And you've got David Montgomery, who had over a thousand total yards and seven touchdowns. I just don't feel like okay, this is completely gut reaction here. I don't think David the, the Bears' offense is going to be able to support David Montgomery having week to week consistency. And David Montgomery showed last year, time and time again, that he is not the type of running back that overcomes bad offenses. He's not the type of running back that can make something out of nothing. Like your, say, um, Saquon Barkley's can do that. Joe Mixon did that to a certain extent last year. He isn't that level of player where he can, yet he may be, get there, where he can overcome a bad offense. So he, I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to take a step back from running back 22, but a lot of people think that he's going to take a step forward. And given that the Bears were such a, were not, a mess last year. They were just bad. And the uh, possibility that they became become a you-know-what show this year. I don't know if David Montgomery is going to take the step forward that a lot of people think he's going to take. And I think he might take a little bit of a step overall step back just because, um, you know, um, that was a lot of touchdowns. Seven touchdowns on just a thousand yards. Um, it's a good chunk of touchdowns. So um, if he loses, you know, a couple of those, then we're then we're in trouble. 
So that's um that's the guy I think is going to take a little bit of a step back is David Montgomery. So all right, so now let's move on to our post hype sleepers for the running backs. So um, Mike, we'll go ahead. We'll start with you on the post hype sleepers at running back. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you with the step back portion because guess who my post hype guy is? Uh oh, David Montgomery. Demont. All right, let's hear about Demont. Well, he, he's the one that came in, and everybody was just like, yeah, he's Jordan Howard, but guess what? He can catch passes, and he's a lot quicker, and he's going to be this and that, and goodbye, Jordan Howard, because he sucks, and we got David Montgomery, and everything is great. Well, not so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that, as you said, could be dealt with the fact that Mitchell Jabriskie is not the greatest quarterback, even though if you look at it, I think it was like his last four games, you're going to see, whoa, where did this Mitchell Trubisky guy come from? Uh, he really played well, but the last four games of uh, um, Montgomery don't, doesn't reflect that at all. Uh, one touchdown, uh, you know, uh, he didn't really catch the ball at all. He only got 25 passes, uh, and it's just, you know, I, I don't know what what the problem is. I don't know. If it's because Trubisky um, stifled him, I don't know if it's because he was a rookie, but everything that they said he was going to do, he really didn't do. And I, I just, I think he was probably the most overhyped running back um, this year or 2019. No, and he did. He did have a lot of hype going into him uh, into last year. It was borderline out of control. It was. Yeah, it was it was absurd. You had people taking him in like the second, third round, and I was like, "Oh boy, okay, sure, do you do you, you know, do whatever you want to do." So, all right, Evan, you want to weigh in on David Montgomery or give uh, your uh, your post type? He's sleeper? gonna be garbage until <sighs> Trubisky gets Mariota. All right, wow, poor uh, Marcus Mariota is taking a beating here. <laughs> Getting Mariota is Mariota was the worst quarterback in the league, and now guess who? taking his place now that he's not starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill or maybe Tom Brady now now maybe oh, I man. don't know yeah yeah all right who is your post type sleeper Evan uh yet again I Mike somehow got my my prepper ahead of time and decided to step on my post type sleeper by making <laughs> it his step forward guy uh Justice Hill all right Justice Hill Mark Ingram has 1,520-something carries. Statistically, running backs tend to fall off a cliff after their 1,800th carry. But since Mark Ingram is north-south kind of guy, I can kind of see that happening a season sooner. Because he's taking hits from uh, interior linemen instead of uh, outside linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I mean, that's we, we kind of already talked about Justice Hill. So I'll go ahead. I'll talk about my guy. Oh boy, it's hard to hype this guy because I was all in on him. I wouldn't say all in on him. I bought the hype going into last year. So maybe now that he fell on his face, I can get back in there on the hype. And that is 39 rushes, 147 yards. Whoo, four receptions, 37 yards. It's music to my ears. It's Daryl Henderson. And that's because of all the swirling around Todd Gurley going on this year last year there was some squirreling about hey we're going to use them differently things are going to be different and for most of the year that was correct um todd Gurley was 
used much differently last year. He only had um, 857 rushing yards. Touchdown saved his bacon, but he only had 223 carries last year. So one of two things are going to happen, and I think this is why Daryl Henderson is due for a big bounce back this year. One, Todd Gurley gets a smaller portion of the carries so that he doesn't break down over the course of the season. His knee is a problem. People keep wanting to act like it's not. By people, I mean people who own Todd Gurley in their dynasty leagues. Um, either he gets traded to a team that's going to run him into the ground because that's not going to be the Rams and it'll be Daryl Henderson's backfield or Daryl Henderson is going to turn this into like a 60-40 split situation. Either way, uh, they spent a lot on Daryl Henderson. They did that for a reason. That reason is their worry about Todd Gurley and I think their worry about Todd Gurley is coming harder and faster than they thought. They being the Rams, not his uh, dynasty owners. I'm not even going to address the Roto World report that um, he's going to be traded. I'm going to go with the Ian Rappaport one that, quote, all options are on the table because I will not get into my issues with Roto World's reporting. But needless to say, check your sources if you're looking at Roto World. What the heck is going on with those guys? I mean, I don't know. Careless and they don't need to. I mean, they're, they're the number one fantasy resource as far as blurbs and O's go. And they're just making up stuff to for people to click on their on their things. Yeah, they're trying to farm clicks when like NFL teams go to Roto World to get news. I think it was um Hard Knocks like 4 or 5 years ago. They showed the them in the um in the just like a, a coach's office and they have freaking Roto World up on the screen. It's like you don't need to you don't need to do political headlines, misleading headlines. What was the last misleading headline they had like a week or two ago? They had one. Oh, they had one um, just a couple days ago about Hayden Hurst, where it was. Uh, hold on, let me find it because I complained about it. Let me find this. Um, while I looked that up, um, Isn't there one about Dallas doing something. I don't. I don't remember don't, the Dallas. Wow. They, yeah. They, wow. What is going on over there, guys? Come on. Yeah. Pull it together. Fourth um, estate. Keep it. Keep it. Fourth estate. The, I can't find it right now, but the gist of it was a a Boston reporter for the Athletic was like, "Well, you know, the the Patriots or the uh, the Ravens obviously want to trade Hayden Hurst, but who knows if um, you know the Patriots will be in on that?" And Rotor World reports it as pay, or Ravens interested in trading Hayden Hurst, and it's like it's idle speculation from another team's beat writer is where you're getting your news. And it's it's just stuff like that, um, and it's it's getting really irresponsible. Just like, it, I don't use that term that you know that phrase lightly because it's like, you know, click farming or whatever. But it's getting irresponsible. Oh, here, quote: "Real chance Ravens trade hate or t- tight end Hurst." So, it was a Boston sports writer theory crafting Hayden Hurst to the Patriots, and they're like, "Hey, this is news." All right, so that's enough. This has been the Roto World Critique Podcast. Um, why don't we go back to the Football Absurdity Podcast, talk about some wide receiver rookies. Um, we'll talk about wide receivers we'll think will take a step forward, and we'll start with Evan, and he is going to say... Hunter Renfro. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I'm an open book. Uh, I mean, at the end of the season there, he was way clicking with... Uh, with uh, Dave, Derek Derek Carr, uh, he had 20 points in the second to last game of the season, 19 in the last game of the season, and half PPR. And those were the two games he played after missing three games due to injury. Uh, he had, he's 
he's Derek Carr's favorite guy. When Derek Carr likes somebody, he peppers him. Yep, I think I have him as my step forward guy too this year. Just a full health, healthy season of Renfro. He could be a hundred catch guy. And uh, well, if it's Tom Brady, he could still be a hundred catch guy, but he'll be a, a Julian Edelman type because um, they have they have one very significant factor in common. They're both of what is gym rats. Uh, take them home to your daughter. Lunch pail. Uh, what other uh, the, the uh, sneaky athletic. Um, He's he's short and white, folks. Um, but um, but yeah, I had Hunter Renfro taking the spot a step forward, and that's going to hurt Darren Waller. Um, I outlined that in our uh, Raiders um, what to what to remember from 2019. You can find that on the website. Um, Waller doesn't do well with Hunter Renfro, and I think Renfro is going to be a big big factor next year. Um, so uh, so yeah, that was my guy too. Was Hunter Renfro? So Mike, who is your step forward guy? Uh, my step forward is going to be. It's good. It was a tough one between Deontay Johnson and Hunter Renfro, but I went with Deontay Johnson, and it was just what he showed in the last several weeks, uh, starting from probably week thirteen, uh, catching six balls for sixty yards and a touchdown, and five balls the following week, and then eight and four, uh, getting in twice. Uh, in four games, he he really put put a lot a lot of effort forward. He was inconsistent up until then, but he did put up some good numbers. And I I really I mean if if it all turns around the way it should be with Ben Roethlisberger coming back and being effective, Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith Schuster, they're going to really play off each other really well. And with that second receiver on the Steelers, we always know that that guy is always promising so because of those reasons i'm going to go with deontay johnson deontay johnson all right yeah no he was he was definitely on my short list i believe a lot in deontay johnson um it's what kept me was the same question we had when we were talking mason rudolph who's going to be the quarterback there you know so um what we'll do now is we'll go ahead we'll talk about uh wide receivers rookie wide receivers we think are going to take a step back and i'm going to start because i'm i'm uh this one was this one hurts this one hurts. Uh, what we what uh, rookie wide receiver would it hurt me to say will take a step back next year? What do you guys think? Oh, that would hurt too. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be probably oh, Debo. Debo nailed it. Got it in one. Debo. So the reason I don't think that Debo is going to do so much for fantasy next year is um, one. A lot of his fantasy production was that he led all wide receivers in rushing yards. So that was a big part of it. Another one was Debo's big breakout game was when George Kittle was hurt. He missed two games. um, And in those two games, uh, Debo had 10 targets and 11 targets. After those two games, he averaged 4.7 targets per game. And this goes back to my when we were talking last preseason about the downside of Jimmy G or maybe it was early in the year when we were asking why isn't, you know, Jimmy G breaking out like we thought he would for fantasy. And it was, there's not enough passes to go around. This team runs the ball. I mean, we, we, we hemmed and hawed about this during the playoffs because they beat the Packers with eight, with eight pass attempts, you know? So I think that Debo just isn't going to get the enough opportunity to be the you know I've seen people talk about him as a wide receiver too, that sort of thing. I think he's going to take a step back next year, and he's not going to live up to expectations. So that's my that's my uh, 
uh, my step back um, wide receiver for next year is um, is Depot because I just don't I just don't see a path for that. Oh, that's going to break a lot of people's hearts. I know it's one of those things where much like Evans Evans brand of being well, I hope I'm wrong because that means good things are happening. That's kind of how it feels. Um, but it's it's just looking at the numbers. I just don't see a path to that that working out well for him so like i said i hope i'm wrong but um i think it's going to hurt some people i think that there's a lot more i think the best way to put it is there's a lot more potential for volatility there than people want to acknowledge i think that's the best way to put it for debo there's there's a lot of downside that people aren't baking into his uh his uh 2020 when they look at him Hmm. all right so uh mike who 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 do you think is going to take a step back from the wide receivers so as I was judging between Deontay Johnson and Hunter Renfro uh, and making the decision on Deontay Johnson, a thought came into my mind. And Uh-oh. that thought was rookie wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And you have Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Mm-hmm. And all those guys are going to go, guess what, right around where the Raiders are going to be drafting. Oh, no. And I can see them easily getting two receivers in that first round, being one of those. And guess what's going to happen to Hunter Renfro if that occurs? He's going to become the wide receiver one on top of CeeDee Lamb. and He will raise himself up on the skulls of his enemies. (laughs) (laughs) It's more cannon fodder for him to turn through. Be like, he, man. So, yeah, I, I really do see a couple of uh, good, very good receivers coming to the Raiders, and that's going to really hurt Renfro. But, you know, Renfro has been been the guy that, no matter what happens to him, no matter what you throw at him, seems to be the guy that always prevails. And so, who knows? that He could still, oh, yeah, Judy, Ruggs, whatever. Uh, take it back, see. I'll show you guys how it's done. Um, but I just don't. I, I can't see that with his limited skills. He's the goat. He's the best ever. Don't you dare Pretty try to put up the other goat, Tom Brady, thrown to him. So oh gonna... man, there you, go. there you go. Oh man, Tom Brady really likes his white receivers. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, there you go. Tom Brady to to Jerry Judy and and Rugs behind wider the wide receiver one of the future, Hunter Renfro. All right, Evan, how would you feel about the Raiders taking two wide receivers in the first round? Sad. Sad. <laughs> I, I like skill. I like position pieces. You know, give me shore up the offensive line. Give me some defensive guys. You know, we've already we have we have Hunter Renfro. We're cool. We got this. Like, <laughs> we, got it. we have Renfro, Waller, Carr, and uh, uh, Jacobs. We're doing okay. Like, just shore that up. And deal with the defense. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. So, who is your step back wide receiver? Uh, for the past few years, fantasy owners, and I'm myself, have been talking to themselves into reaching for whomever they think the number two wide receiver in Green Bay will be. Mm. I think we're going to see a similar phenomenon in Kansas City. So, okay. so I wrote down Mecole Hardman, but really it's whomever people talk themselves into, you know, there's lots of candidates there. Someone's going to say, well, there has to be a number two. When really, no, there doesn't. Patrick Mahomes just hits whomever's open. 
And, so. it's, and it's usually Tyreek Hill. Yep. Travis Kelsey. Yep. All right. The so Damian Williams. It's it's Miko Hardman with the asterisk that you're saying that's whoever they talk into as being the two. Yeah, yes. Yeah, which shows some flash in the preseason. That's going to be the new guy. Well, he's got to be the number two. We need number two. Which, by the way, how far has Sammy Watkins fallen? I forgot he existed when I was <laughs> going through yeah, Chiefs players. How far has Sammy Watkins fallen that we're like, oh, the Chiefs need a number two, forgetting they have a top ten wide, uh, you know, pick at wide receiver. On the on they trade the Bills traded up to get him right. Aren't I, am I crazy? What happened to Sammy Watkins? He had three touchdowns in one game last year. In the first game, yeah, the first game, and then he didn't cross ten points in fantasy in HPPR for the rest of the year. Good God! And then he smoked Richard Sherman. Great, great. It all goes back to the Super Bowl. <sighs> Mike, you, who's your post? I should be like the Raiders and the Colts and just not go to the Super Bowl. That's what the Niners need to do. <laughs> That's my backdoor burn on you guys. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm filled with so much joy for my team because of that all the time. Yeah, I bet. Because all right. I'm, they're expected to let me down. All right. Give me a post-hype sleeper. Either one of you. I don't care. Got me all worked up. <laughs> I, I don't know. Who do you got, Mike? I got, um, well, we can work up on my team because... Post-hype sleeper. Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell. Nailed it. Oh, good. Good. And, you know, he was definitely, he was chosen in the second round. Um, and everybody's like, Andrew liked the Paris Campbell all day. I was, I was too. I was psyched. I, I literally, we were on the podcast and you got drafted by the Colts. And I nearly, like, jumped out of my seat. I remember that. Yeah, you were super excited. I, I was pumped. And... Uh, five games later, six games later, um, you know, that's it. Uh, that's all she wrote. Uh, he did okay um, with, with what he got. Uh, he caught nearly every pass he was targeted. 24 targets, 18 receptions for 127 yards and a touchdown. But for reals, it just really wasn't all that great from him outside of an eight for five, um, eight targets, five reception, but 25 yards, really? 24 yards? I mean, he averaged seven yards a reception. I mean, you, that wasn't that wasn't part of the plan. That was, you 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 catch the ball and you run like like you have the speed to run, but no, he ran like he was Danny Amendola, and so it just yeah, it didn't it didn't work out. So, how would you feel about uh, you know this upcoming season with uh, Philip Rivers throwing to Paris Campbell? No, no. <laughs> uh, who do you want there? Who do you want in Indianapolis? While we're talking about the Colts, I I, I really like three quarterbacks. I want to whoever separates themselves of the best in the draft in the second round. That's who I want. So Eason or um, whoever else might might fall in there. Uh, out of those guys um, is the one that I think Colts should go for in, in the second round. But do not, do not bring me Rivers. Do not, do not do that. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, I'd be okay with, but I think he Ooh. is he signed. I don't know if he signed back with them. No, not yet. Um, someone like that, yeah, maybe. But I, I really that, that has a future. You know, I don't. Why are you going to pay $25 million to Philip Rivers and pay $25 million to Jacoby Brissett so that one of them can sit on the bench? Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. 
yeah, I you know, we'll see. There's some good quarterback, you know, some some guys that'll that are will be good for a while. You know, maybe not jump off the page, but it's a good year to get a second round quarterback. I think so. All right, so I was just curious. Uh, uh, what's your what's your definite thoughts were on that? So, Evan, who's your post-type sleeper at uh, wide receiver? Okay, Andy Isabella was one of the pro- most prolific wide receivers in the last two years in the NCAA. But he never really learned route running. And when he got picked by Arizona, and yet when you have to play with Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, you're going to be playing the slot. And mm. you're going to be running routes. So I think that he, having had a season to learn... And it was shown they they weren't playing him most snaps, to, especially towards the end of the year. I think he's had a season to learn, and I think they're gonna he's gonna inspire some confidence once once June rolls around, that he can run the routes now and will take the step up. And of course, that's tied to my my love my my man crush on Kyler Murray. So, yeah, Andy Isabel is my guy. Yeah, wow! I never knew that you were a lifelong Cardinals fan. Yeah, totally. And Texas football, you know, that's all about me. Oh, yeah, baby. All right. Yeah, he never topped more than 39% of snaps in a game, and he never got more than four targets in a game. So I don't think he had the, I don't think he could run the routes. Uh-huh. You know, that's, yeah, you have to have something fundamentally wrong with you if they don't even start you before you start messing up. And I think that it, it's something that has to be shown in practice, and routes would be that. Yeah, he had uh, 88 of his 189 yards last year in one play, one broken play against the 49ers. So that kind of tells you everything you need to know about how Andy Isabella's rookie year went. So, all right, Evans is Andrew Isabella. So um, my my um, my post hype sleeper is uh, a guy that I could not shut up about before the draft last year. A guy that I was super hyped on that I wanted my San Francisco 49ers to go get at the top of the second round. Uh, it was Nikhil Harry, a guy that I I talked about him before. I think I talked about him either last uh, – it wouldn't have been last week because it would have been the um, uh, Combine episode. But I talked about him before. Um, I think he's due for a bounce back no matter who the quarterback is in New England. Um, he just never got his season going. He went on uh, PUP and then IR. Um, in the preseason and um, he just has a profile that you know it's one of those ones that won't be denied it can't be kept down I think I I comped him to Des Bryant last year he has that kind of that kind of profile Uh, Des Michael Michael Thomas A-Rob those those last two I saw from other people Alshon Um, so maybe the injuries will be a problem if he's being comped to Alshon but um, but I just think he's going to take a step forward this year. And he had a lot of hype last year uh, because a lot of people had him as the number one wide receiver on their board um, going into the draft. And then he went with the Patriots. So obviously there was some hype there, but then a lot like drew Locke, he got hurt and everybody forgot about him. So I think that he's due for a bounce back. And I think he'll be a post type sleeper um, for 2020, a guy that you can pick up in the double digit rounds of your draft that people will be like, Oh yeah. Nikhil Harry, yeah, he was supposed to be good, kind of like a DJ Chark type of deal. Um, I think I, I, you know, I, I mentioned him in that that DJ Chark, uh, uh, Mike Williams second year breakout role for a guy who only plays a partial season. So I think he'll get the post hype breakout um, for the wide receivers this year for the for the guys that are going to be the sophomores. So all right, now let's move on to the position we all love to hate. Get position. ready for the main event. Oh, I stepped on you again. Dang. The main event. Evan stepping on my train. 
transitions. Evan, who's your uh, step forward rookie tight end for 2020? Go way down on my list here. Uh, oh, Hawkinson did okay, even though he had weird quarterback play. I think he can, if the if uh, Stafford is healthier, he can do even better. All right. So you did, you think that uh, T.J. Hawkinson is going to take that step forward? Sure. <laughs> Evan clearly loves tight ends. I feel very strongly on this issue or fact. Well, I'm going to go off of Mike's sleeper from last time, which is a guy that I dug some stuff up on, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Noah Fant? 100-yard games. One of uh, six rookies to ever have multiple 100-yard games in their rookie year. One of three rookies to ever have multiple 100-yard and a touchdown games in their rookie year. I think Noah Fant's about to hit a, a rocket ship to Mars. I think he's going to do more than take a step forward. I'm going to scoop him and Gesicki up, or him and Thomas in every single draft, but I'm going to have him in every draft. That's my goal, is to go out and get Noah Fant. Um, him, Drew Locke, I guess I'm a big uh, big Broncos guy this year, but um, to get 562 receiving, yard, or, yeah, receiving yards on 40 receptions in your rookie year as a tight end, that's a big deal. Uh, that's something to sit up and take notice of. So I uh, I think that Noah Fant, um, just by taking an incremental step forward, um, not even going, you know, uh, balls to the wall, getting better, I think that he's a shoe-in to be a top 10 tight end next year. So I think he's he's the guy that's going to take a step forward. Um, so my guy for that is Noah Fant. And Mike, who is your step forward guy? Do you think Ian Thomas can be the Chris Herndon of uh, tight ends this year? The guy that never does anything. Yeah. Well, I sure hope not, because I got a, a a Twitter, I got into a Twitter spat with somebody over him to the point where he's like, "Well, why don't we revisit this after the season?" And I put a, there's a remind me bot where they'll send you a tweet, and I was like, "I'll see you then, buddy." <laughs> so <laughs> I really hope, I hope he doesn't become that. Um, but I like Ian Thomas. I like Ian Thomas a lot. Too. I do too. Yeah, I think he's a quality tight end. In fact, I drafted him last year as like one of the last picks so I can have him this year. Yeah, I, I went around. There was I went around and I scooped him up in my dynasty leagues because he was unowned in a lot of places because he got dropped for cap for roster space a couple times. So it was kind of wild, but hey, uh is what it is. So who is your uh uh ba, 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 step forward step forward tight end for next year? My step forward tight end for next year, I agree with Evan. TJ Hawkinson. Hawk, uh, hawk, hawk. It, the dude was one of the heaviest um, tight ends uh, to go into the draft uh, last season. He was he can do it all, block, catch, everything, and it really didn't turn out too great outside of week one where he caught six passes for 130 yards and a touchdown, uh, being against Detroit, of course. Uh, he only had one other touchdown uh, through the rest of the season and six receptions was his highest um not only in week one but in week 12 as well and then they shut him down after that more probably due to the fact that he was injured but also he just really wasn't producing much of anything uh 56 yards was his the most uh he's calling you yeah he's 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 angry he's (laughs) he's angry um but you know, I, I think that you can't dismiss his talent. His talent is just so high that for him not to take a step forward would be sort of mind-bogglingly crazy just because of that talent. So that's why he's my step forward, dude. 
Alrighty. I mean, that's fair. Um, us taking uh, uh, the top two tight ends off the board last year um, feels a little, little, uh, little uh, cheapy. But hey, you know what? Those are the guys who will probably take a step forward. So get off our back about it. Who is going to yeah. take a step back, Evan? Oh, man, I have just, I have I'm such passion about this player. Uh, Irv Smith, Irv Smith friends. Uh, Rudolph doesn't seem to want to fade. Rudolph's got a strong contract. Uh, I think that he's going to go from tight end sleeper talk to just utterly undraftable this year. Wow. So you, you don't Except think. Except in the dynasty leagues. You don't think they're going to maybe move to the two tight end sets to accommodate him? He's a great blocker. So even if they do, I don't know. They might just have him be blocking. Ooh. Ooh, boy. Okay. All right. So um, so Irv Smith is the guy you think is going to take a step back this year. Mike, uh, what about you? My step back guy? Um, or are you asking me what I think about Irv Smith? Uh, why don't you do, tell me what you think about Irv Smith and then take a, talk about the step back guy. I mean, I think Evan has a point because it's Irv Smith came in and, you know, really didn't do as much as he should have. But, I mean, Rudolph struggled um, when when they had both Dean and Diggs on the field. So it's almost like, okay, what are you going to do? But then when you have Rudolph, the fact that Cousins can't carry three, three receivers, then can you really expect Irv Smith to do anything now that even Rudolph is there? So... I, I can see both both angles. Um, as far as my step back guy, uh, my step back guy is T.J. Hawkinson, and right. the reason why I think T.J. Hawkinson is because he, as I said before, he didn't demonstrate anything outside a week one romp on Detroit, and almost every tight end did a against romp. against Arizona. Against Arizona, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, that would be kind of hard if he did it. On hey, it would explain why he scored so many points. They were <laughs> like, come on, buddy. Just come on. Come get some yards. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if you look over Arizona against their tight end, they were definitely one of the worst teams. And they just got blown up every week. And so if that's your best game, uh, it's a good game. But everybody does it. Um, why shouldn't you? And the rest of your game sucked and pretty much have to be shut down. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see you doing much other than what you did last year, bud. Yikes. All right. So you don't believe in the, the Hawkinson, huh? Um my guy is a little little uh little easier and it's because when I put together the doc for you guys for the the rookies from last year, whatever, I went Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox scored the second most points for tight ends last year. Yeah, um, that was a shocker. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the number of games he played. But at the same time, just don't if you see a list of guys and never go towards Dawson Knox, <laughs> just don't do it. I mean, he's not going to that that offense isn't really set up for him. He could get a lot of touchdowns and stuff, but that offense isn't set up for a tight end. Um, it's a very much down the field offense. And if they're throwing short, it's going to Cole Beasley. So maybe if something happens to Cole Beasley, you can look towards Dawson Knox. But as of right now, do not trust this Dawson Knox being the, you know, scoring the second most uh, fantasy points last year. There are other tight ends who didn't do nearly as much that are a take ahead of Dawson Knox. So um, 
not really excited about him for next year, despite him scoring the second most fantasy points last year um, as a rookie. And him, I, I mean, there there's not much to say there. He's just he got a he got targets out of opportunity, and he didn't do much with them. He just played a lot. So I think that's that's the guy that I'm like just pump the brakes on on Dawson Knox if you see him on any list for next year. So I all right, go ahead. I disagree. You disagree? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, bucko. (laughs) The reason why is I think Josh Allen's going to look towards him as a safety blanket, and I with with that in in tow, unless they start bringing in a lot of wide receivers, which is also a possibility. But I think he'll he'll look to Dawson Knox quite a bit, and not Cole Beasley, because that's I I thought that you know that's why they have Cole Beasley on the roster. That's a good point. That's a good point. But um, I also think that Dawson Knox has, has some room to play in that as well. All right. I mean, that's fair enough. Like I said, it, it could be a thing where he becomes a touchdown guy, in which case Mike Gesicki did nothing for three quarters of the year last year, ended up as a top 10 tight end off touchdowns. Tyler Higby did kind of the same thing. He did nothing for almost for over half the year. So I could be wrong. Um, I mean, he does, he does have some good hands. Um, he does block a lot, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Again, the difference between me and Mike is how we see usage going, which is good luck trying to guess usage. In, yeah, especially right in, now. Yeah, in February. That's what I was going to say, in February. everybody's There's a reason why everybody's breathlessly talking about combine numbers. It's because there's not a whole lot to talk about right now. So, um, so all right. So let's wrap this up. Take a look at our post-hype sleeper uh tight ends so evan since you just keep talking about how much you love talking about tight ends and how passionate you are why don't you go ahead and go first jay sternberger ah jay sternberger someone's got to be the number two wide receiver in green bay <laughs> <laughs> might as well be their tight end right sure yeah so i actually remember in the rookie roundup last year i said i have dibs on writing jay sternberger 2020 breakout pieces but that's not who i chose um for this uh but Sorry. i mean <laughs> but i mean is it just one of those situations where those targets have to go somewhere and you know jimmy graham's out the door so you see sternberger stepping up or yes and then i saw the irony in my thoughts like i'm not i i no one has to be the number two green bay i we've, we've mentioned that happens every year so i don't really have somebody I feel strongly about for this category. All right. Which is because, you know, hype doesn't really exist for a lot of tight ends. That's true. It's Fant and Hawkinson, and that was about it in 2019. Yeah, no, you know what? That's fair because, um, you know, even the guy, the guy that I chose, Foster Moreau, um, that was more a draft hype guy who, I mean, he, nobody expected Foster Moreau to do much of anything last year. Uh, he ended the year with five touchdowns. Um, he led all rookies, but only 174 receiving yards. And um, it was more a, hey, don't forget, we were kind of hyped about Foster Moreau's athleticism going into last year. And Darren Waller kind of stole all that thunder. So, um, you know, if, if, if something happens to him or, you know, if the Raiders don't draft all the wide receivers like Mike wants them to do or thinks they might do or had a vision of them doing, um, then Foster Moreau is a guy to remember. Uh, but again, 
this is slim pickings, guys. I mean, the number, the guy who scored the ninth most uh, fancy points last year among rookie tight ends was a guy named Hale Hentges. Who? Well, he scored more points than Jesper Horstead. Who? These are real people. What? <laughs> With, they have families. No, they. You, you no, created this uh, on Madden 20. They have, they are real people. Ryan Izzo. Tommy Sweeney. These are all guys that we were looking at. Jade, uh, Jaden Graham. Like, you know, things get things get rough in a hurry. Uh, I believe that Hale Hintges is a real guy because if I can't make a fantasy football team name out of you and you're a rookie, I just forget about you. There entirely. you go. That, that's fair enough. Um, and then so um, post-type sleeper, Mike, did you uh, want to weigh in on that? Absolutely. Uh, my post-type sleeper is TJ Hawkinson. Hey, buddy. Wait a second. <laughs> Wait. Uh, show your work here, bud. You can't just write down TJ Hawkinson over and over. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to catch that. Um, yeah, I can. There was no rules on this. That's true. That's oh. true. There is no rule. But uh, how does he fit into multiple categories, Mike? Is this the the uh, the uh, mystery box that is TJ Hawkinson this year? Yes, definitely. And, I mean, if you think, okay, step forward, he, he had, like I said, he has those great skills and traits, okay? So he could easily, especially at Stafford, jump forward. Step back, yeah, even though you have great traits and a good quarterback doesn't mean you're going to do anything with it, as we saw in 12 games. And post-hype, everybody was talking to TJ Hawkinson. He was saying, okay, he might be – and, in fact, I was too. I was part of that hype and said, okay, yeah, but if you're going to take a tight end, a rookie tight end, even though you shouldn't and never do, um, this is one of the guys you should take. And, boy, was I wrong. So um, he was definitely a hype. He was definitely some tight end that uh, people had on their list to draft, even though you should never draft tight end as a rookie, and fell flat on his face. All right. I like it. It's a, it's a nice, concise review of the TJ Hawkinson experience. So, all right. Oh, I want to give a um, – I forgot a uh, special um, – consideration what the heck is what what is the phrase like for the also rands the guys the the runner-ups the also in consideration caden smith if and when evan ingram gets hurt again this year go get caden smith he performed well in a small size so he was a rookie tight end last year he did well with the targets that he got um he like everybody else on the giants had a fumbling problem but um he if Evan Ingram goes down go get Caden Smith I think he's due for a big year when that happens so I wanted to give a special shout out to Caden Smith um just at the end because see the thing is is if you talk about every single tight end you can go back and and be right that's that's the key to (laughs) the key to putting every single one of your thoughts out there um on the internet for consumption so I think that'll do it this week so thanks for listening everybody again if you're a patron hang tight the schedule doesn't work this week for getting you the stuff on Friday because, hey, it's not going to be ready. So we'll go ahead and get that to you early next week for the review of the guys we talked about for our Combine episode last week. If you want to know what the heck we're talking about, website's patreon.com slash football absurdity. 
you can't do that, no big deal. We got you five days a week. We're getting articles up for you on footballabsurdity.com. So thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, If you found this again through Twitter, through the website, go ahead. Why don't you subscribe? We'd love to have you along this journey with us. And for Mike, for Evan, thanks for listening. And you have a good one. Bye. Bye. Josh, this is your requisite Dante Pettis um, reference. Thanks. Bye.